الحمد ليوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده يا ربنا لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم خير إن شاء الله So we're going to continue here He's continuing to talk about the ear So we talked about those four things we abstain from And we talked about why and what the reason is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the ears. So he says, فَإِنَّمَا خُلِقَتْ لَكَ لِتَسْمَعَ بِكِهَا كَلَامَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created your ears to hear the beautiful recitation of the Holy Qur'an. Not only that, he says, وَسُنَّةَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. Listening to the sunnah in the different ahadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. وَحِكْمَةَ أَوْلِيَائِهِ The hikmah and the wisdom of the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And he says, And he says, And so by that, uh, so that by, by you, may, you might gain access to the benefits of knowledge by which you may reach the eternal dominion and everlasting bounty. Which is, what, what, is, what is it again? Jannah. Jannah. Now he continues here. This is where we left off. So, if you use it to, to listen to something disliked, صَارَ مَا كَانَ لَكَ عَلَيْكَ وَانْقَلْبَ مَا كَانَ سَبَبَ فَوْزِكَ فَصَارَ سَبَبَ هَلَاكِ وَهَذَا غَادِ الْخُسْرَانِ So if you use it to listen to something disliked, then what was in your favor will be against you. What's in our favor right now? What is he talking about? Our ears. Right? Right now they are in favor for us. But on Yom Al-Qiyam we talked about the famous ayah of the Holy Quran, right? When Allah says what? Yes, our own limbs are Yom Al-Nakhtimu Ala Afaihim or what is the other ayah? Yom Matashudu Alayhim Al-Sinatuhum Wa'idihim On that day, their tongue, Al-Sinatuhum Wa'idihim Their hands, Wa'arjuluhum, their feet They will testify against us Bima Kanu Ya'amanus With what we used to do Carry out these actions, these terrible actions that we used to carry out in this dunya. Allah subhanahu wa taala will take us to account for these things. And now he continues here. He says, "Wala tadunnuna an al-ithma yaktasu bihi al-qa'il dun al-mustami'." Right? And he said, "Don't think that the that the uh, sin is specifically to that person who's saying it, and not the person listening to the sin." We we talked about this yesterday, right? Just because a person is saying something, does that that doesn't end there? And you're sitting here listening to it, right? We talked about backbiting, right? And if I'm sitting here, if somebody's backbiting in front of me, right, what's going to happen there? If, even if I say, oh, please don't, don't say that, don't talk about this person, but I'm not getting up, right? Which means there is a hint of our nafs involved now. We want to hear it, right? But in reality, in reality we want to hear it, but, but, you know, we're just making an excuse outwardly. Like, oh, you know, don't try, don't try to, like, you know, backbite about this person. So that's what he's saying here. إِنَّ الْمُسْتَمِعَ شَرِيكُ الْقَائِلِ وَهُوَ أَحْدُ الْمُخْتَابَيْنِ Right? And indeed, the person who's hearing, he is sharik. He is partners with the person who's saying that. وَهُوَ أَحْدُ الْمُخْتَابَيْنِ He is one of those two people who are doing ghibah. Because you're not going to do ghibah to yourself. Right? You're not going to backbite to talk about it. Yo, I can't believe it. You know, you're going to talk to somebody else about it. Right? You're going to talk about it to somebody else. Like, dude, can you believe what this guy did? Can you believe what Nabil did? This and that. Like, you know, that's, that's what happens. So he says, لسان, So now we're getting to these sins of the tongue. Right? We talked about the, the eyes and the ears. Right? So now he's going to talk about the sins of the tongue, the lisan. لسان, now he's going to talk about things you should be doing with our tongue. Right? With the tongue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Right? We talked about 
Uh, actually, no, I'll get to it later, inshallah. So, he says, indeed, The reason why Allah has created this tongue for you, so that you may abundantly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How often do we even remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We'll remember lyrics of songs. We'll remember lyrics of other things. right? We'll do all these different kinds of things. But what about when it comes to dhikr and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The tongue of a mu'min and a believer should be moist with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what builds that relationship with Allah. right? And obviously, if you love somebody, you remember them a lot. If you have true love for someone, you're going to remember them all the time. Right? We, uh, what's it called? If, uh, if you have a brother, if you have a friend that's really close to you, if he's not here or if you don't see him for a while, it's like, oh, where'd he go? Like, where is he at? Right? That's true love. So when you love somebody, you make abundant remembrance of them. So here's what Allah is saying. Allah is giving you this tongue so that you may remember him in abundance. And then he says, kitabihi. So that means you may recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And recite the book of Allah, how so? That, you know, we know the famous hadith of Prophet Whosoever recites the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gets one deed. And then he gets ten good deeds if in, in place of one. Allah is so merciful, right? So when we recite the Quran, we should have these in mind. That every single letter that we're reading, we get, we get ten hasanat. Every single time. Now, I'm not talking about words here. I'm talking about just a letter. Alif, Lam, Mim. Those are three letters. We get thirty hasanat. Just right there. Right? But it's very, very important to understand that when we recite the Holy Quran, we cannot recite it without the proper rules of tajweed. There's a hadith in the Prophet that talks about, uh, the, uh, he mentions that there are those who recite the Quran at the same time the Quran is cursing them. There are those who recite the Holy Quran, but the Quran is cursing them at the same time. And Allah mentions another ayah in the Holy Quran, وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا right? in surah, We read this ayah tonight in Surah Muzammil. And recite the Quran with measure. So Ali radiallahu anhu, he narrates what? Under, under the tafsir, in the explanation of his ayah, he says, what is this tartila? He's saying it is that uh, thing which we have to recite with tajweed. Right? Allah is ordering. This is an amr in the Arabic language. It is an amr, it's a command. It is imperative that we recite the book of Allah with tajweed and measure. So that's the thing. He, second thing he mentions, right? That you recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And then number three, Right? And he says here that that you could guide Allah's crea- uh, creatures to his, uh, to his way. Right? Now, what does that mean? Da'wah. <coughs> right? Calling other people towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And there is a lot of hikmah and wisdom that has to be used in, uh, in regards to the da'wah. Right? A lot of people during the time of the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they hated Rasulullah and they would throw trash at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa You know the famous story of the woman who was leaving town? Right? The famous uh, story, was, she was leaving town. Uh, what's it called? Um, and what happened was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. because at that time, the, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was being mocked by everybody. So during the time of Hajj in Mecca, a lot of people would come in. And you know, so the, the people, the Quraysh, his own family, the Prophet's family, they mentioned about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, listen, they sent messengers to other, other different different countries. So listen, when you when you come here, there is a, this guy, right? He's gonna try to fool you. He's gonna try to you know. They would call. Why would they call Rasulullah a soothsayer? Not a liar, but a soothsayer. Why is that? Because no no because he speaks the truth. He speaks the truth, but and it would affect them. But they wouldn't want to know. They wouldn't want to hear it, right? They wouldn't want to. We read the ayah in Surah Nuh today. Uh, it talked about um, the da'wah of Nuh He says. Um, what's the ayah, bro? 
Every time we would invite them, right? He would invite them, or I would invite them. So Allah is, uh, here Nuh is complaining to Allah. So Allah may forgive them. They would put their fingers in their ears. They would cover their faces with their thiyab in their clothes. Right? They would have so much pride. Which means that they know it's the truth and they're getting affected by it, but they don't want to hear it. So here in this particular, uh, in this particular uh, story here, this woman had the same effect. That she was affected by the people of Mecca. That these messengers were sending uh, different, different people. And then she heard about this too. So Rasulullah Sallam saw her leaving town and she was trying to leave very, very quickly. And Rasulullah Sallam asked, you know, where are you going? She's very, very old and ajus. And she was like, you know, where are you going? So it's like, yeah, I'm leaving this town. So, but she, he was very, she was very old, right? She's like, can I help you with your bags? Right? So can I help? And then he actually insisted, Rasulullah He insisted. And this shows us the character of Rasulullah as well. Right? That if someone is a lot older than us and we see them having difficulty with something, right? We should try our best to help them out, right? Aid and assist one another. So now what happens is Rasulullah like, takes her bags and now they're on their journey. And in this particular situation, she's talking bad about Rasulullah to his face. He's like, you heard about this person, Muhammad Wasallam, right? He's such a bad person, right? He came here with this new religion of Islam, and he's spreading lies, and he's breaking up tribes, and he's breaking up families. Don't listen to this person. And Rasulullah is just taking it in. He's just listening, okay, okay, no problem, no problem. And at the end of the journey, what happens is Rasulullah he still wanted to help the lady with her bags. Right? Still wanted to, was insisting, let me help you with your bags. But what happened was the lady's like, no. And then she's like, you know what? She's like, uh, what's your name? So that when I go back home, when I go back to my town, I could tell these people, I could tell these people about you. That look, this person helped me out and, you know, aided me and assisted me very, very well. This is what, this is what he said. Right? Uh, this is what, uh, so she said. And she's like, what's your name? And it's like, my name is, I am Muhammad. Right? I am Muhammad. Right? Now put yourself in this situation. SubhanAllah. You're helping out somebody, right? Willingly. And they're talking bad about you, right? They're talking bad about you to your face. Uh, this shows us that Rasulullah was not affected by what the people were saying. Because his matter, his, his matter was between Allah, right? him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not between the people. People are going to say stuff to us all the time. Right? People are going to hate on us. People are going to say stuff about us. But if we let that affect us, right? We're not going to get anywhere in life. Focus on yourself. Okay, inshallah. And then he continues, he's there. He says here, وَتُظْهِرَ بِهِ مَا فِي ضَمِيرِكَ مِنْ حَاجَاتِ دِينِكَ وَدُنْيَاكَ And he says, and that you express your needs in worldly and religious matters. فَإِذَا اسْتَعْمَلْتَهُ لِغَيْرِ مَا خُلِقَ لَكَ Right, now he's saying, if you use these, uh, if you use the tongue, right, if you use the tongue for something other than what, what it was created for. Right, we talk, what were the three things we talked about it was created for? Vicar, we're studying the Quran and using it for worldly and religious needs. And Good. Give them that. Give them that. Now, if you use it for something other than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it for, what does that mean? Kafarta is kufr, you become a kafir? No, here kafarta means to be ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So here, the kafara has two meanings. One is a disbelief, and one is to. To be ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
فقد كفرت بنعمة الله وهو أغلب أعضائك عليك وسائل الخلق right and he says here you, uh, the tongue is a part of the body that's most able to overpower both you and other creatures right we think yeah we're able to physically overpower people but our tongue when we say stuff to other people it has a very very bad effect we know a lot of times the problem is we are never able to control our tongue and we just let it go loose we say stuff about this person that person this person we never know how much trouble our tongue can get us inside this what Rasulullah is saying protect your tongue don't always safeguard your tongue because this thing will get, get you in so many different places that you don't want to be. Right? And then he continues, he said, People are not thrown into, this is a hadith of the Prophet. He says, People are not thrown into hellfire on their faces for anything more than the harvest of their tongue. Right? What does that mean? For what they said, the harvesting what they've said. Exactly. So the people, that's, that's the big message here. That look, people are not going to safeguard their tongue. They'll say whatever they want. And this is the same reason that now you're saying something about somebody else, or you cannot control your tongue. And controlling your tongue includes lying, all these other, cheating, all these different types of things. Now Allah is going to throw you face first in the fire of Jahannam, not because of what you're doing, but because of your tongue. Right? So safeguard your tongue. Again, he's always emphasizing this. And then he continues, he says, him. He said, yeah, uh, struggle to gain victory over your tongue with all your might. It's very, very difficult. Right? It's very, a lot of times you may see something uh, we don't like or something that's going on that we cannot, we, it's not in conformity with our beliefs. Automatically, we start to have this thing in our mind that I have to say something. Right? Somebody's doing something, I have to say it. It is my job. Right? It's not your job. Right? We talked about the hadith yesterday that if something's going wrong, right, just stop it with your hand if you can't stop it with your tongue. Right? If not, at least dislike it in your heart. But here it's talking about those things which have nothing to do with you, man. Right? A lot of us have opinions for stuff that doesn't even matter. Right? All the time we always have some opinion about anything. We need to stop that. Is there like a, a really good dua for like stopping this unnecessary like arguments? Yeah. Like, so there's actually a dua. It's actually a dua we should make. Because it's a dua that make, uh, my, t- make my actions. Right? Or give me these these ni'mas. So it's Allah. Uh, I think I forgot the exact wording, but basically give me a lisan al-dakira, a, a tongue which is remembering, right? Qalban in a heart that is fearing. sadiqa. Give me true conviction in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? I don't I forgot the beginning part of the. Uh, the oh, what's lisan al-dakira? Lisan right? A tongue which is moist in the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? Because this is the definite, and then I'm not talking about that your whole, all of your limbs should be such that we are in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All, it's like you're swimming in an ocean, right? It's like you're swimming in an ocean of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? You're just trying to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what you can. Try to fight those different, different currents which are our sins and those different kinds of things, right? Get past those obstacles. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times where people don't remember Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends. To the, uh, to, the first, uh, to the first guy at the th- last third of the night, right? And what did he say? Who's here to ask for me, right? I will give you. Who's here to make dua? I will accept your dua, right? These are the types of things we need to be doing. And so, he's... Uh, one question. So can, can you have remembrance of just the tongue without in- engagement of the heart? Is that also rewardable? Sorry? Will you get reward if you just have a remembrance of the tongue and not, you know, uh, thinking about it in your heart? I mean, because, yeah, um, you, you can also do your dhikr in your qalb as well, mm-hmm. right? Dhikr in your qalb. And you could do your dhikr on your tongue as well, right? It's up to you. Because sometimes people, they're, not unable, they're unable to do stuff without actually saying it, 
right, without like physically like saying it. Like sometimes, you know, a lot of people struggle with reading Quran. Right? They're like, oh, I, I prefer to read it out loud. Right? If you're memorizing, I prefer to read it out loud than I just read it in my heart. Because now you know. So this, it's better for people who are just starting off, say it on your tongue continuously. But always have, because that has an effect too. Right? Because it has an effect on your heart. All the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will have an effect on your heart. We just got to start somewhere. Right, inshallah. And he says, he says, Verily, a man might utter a single word. You might say one small word, one tiny word. For this one word, he is hurtled to the depths of, of, of hell a distance of 70 years. Just because of one word we may say to somebody or some action we may do, right? Because of that, we will be thrown into Jahannam and 70 years deep, right? Why is, why is Allah using years instead of, instead of like, you know, a measurement? Because that's how big it is, Jahannam. What is the other hadith I talked about? This is, we can talk about the 70, uh, one time Rasulullah and the Sahaba were walking, right? And then they heard a big noise, a huge noise. And Rasulullah, they asked Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, what was that? What was that noise? So he said that was a, a, a rock that was thrown into Jahannam 70 years ago. And it now just reached the bottom. It just reached the bottom. Right? And that's the same thing he's saying here. If you don't watch your tongue, if you're, not a, if you're not able to safeguard your tongue from all the different, different things, then watch. This is going to be your fate as well. So be careful. Right? Be mindful of all these things. All, all of your limbs should be in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says here, he says, وَقُتِلَ شَهِيدٌ فِي الْمَعْرَكَةِ فَقَالَ قَائِلٌ هَنِيئًا لَهُ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَمَا يَدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّهُ كَانَ يَتَكَلَّمُ فِي مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ وَيَبْخَلُ بِمَا لَا يُغْنِيهِ So he says here, a martyr was killed in battle and someone said of him, how lucky he is, he has entered paradise. Right, he has earned paradise. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he mentioned this. How do you know? Right, how do you know? It may be that he used to speak of that which did not concern him. Or it was miserly over he was or was miserly over things which were of no benefit to him in any way, right? So Subhanallah, you can be the most pious person in the world, but if you're talking bad about other people or if you're abusing your tongue and misusing it, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Even if you're a shaheed, a person who has died for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you're still not safe if you didn't safeguard your tongue, right? Why is he mentioning all these body parts here that you have to safeguard these? Because these are the things we want to keep away from the fire of Jahannam. Even if you're the most pious person in the world, if you don't safeguard one of these limbs of yours, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you to account for it. He says, So he says, safeguard your tongue from, ten, from eight different things. You have to safeguard your tongue from eight different things. Al-awwal, the first thing you have to do is safeguard your tongue from is lying. Al-kibb. Right? Very, very important. He says, فَحْفَظْ لِسَانَكَ مِنْهُ فِي الْجِدِّ وَالْهَزْلِ Guard your tongue from lying both in seriousness and in jest, right? A lot of times, people want to get themselves out of a serious situation, they lie, like, oh no, I'm, you know, this is what happened. No, you cannot do that. Right? It's haram to lie. It's very, very serious. A lot of times, people even say stuff in joking, but it'll end up being a lie, right? It'll be a, it'll be a very, very big, uh, very big uh, sin on you. They try to say, uh, you're trying to say a joke, because Rasulullah he said he would never tell a lie in his jokes. Right? Never ever tell a lie in his jokes. And here we like to joke around, we like to, we're lying all the time. And we become numb to that, that thing of lying. Right? We become so numb to it that our heart has become so black. 
our heart, the darkness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that punishment of Allah has literally surrounded our heart that we are unable to even realize that we are committing a sin. So if you ever feel like you're about to tell a lie, remember these warnings that Imam Ghazali is telling us about. Don't lie. It's not worth it. Remember that hadith I told you that a person, he suffices from a lie as being a liar household, that he listens to one thing, right? As soon as he hears something, he starts to say it. Right? He doesn't even make sure if it's true or not. He just says, oh, this is what I heard. This is what I heard. Oh, this, this is my source. Don't worry about that, right? Don't focus on what the person is telling you. Just leave it alone. If it has nothing to concern you, or if it doesn't concern you in any way, leave it alone. And he says, He says here, he says, Indeed, lying is one of the breeding grounds of deadly sins. Moreover, if you become known for lying, people will lose confidence in your word, mistrust you, and look down upon you. Right? You guys know about the boy who cried wolf? What happened to him? Right? He started off saying, oh, there's a wolf here. Right? And then no, no wolf. And as a story, you know, we, we think it's just a, it's a story that we hear when we're younger. But if we're to ponder and reflect over these stories, right, it really has an effect on ourselves. What did he start off with? Well, oh, there's a wolf over here. Nope, there's no wolf over there. So now people are, okay, people already starting to lose trust for him. Second thing, he said, oh, no, there's a, there's a wolf over here, right? And the third thing, he said, same thing, there's a wolf over here. People came back and there actually was a wolf, right? But they, he, got, he, he ate the person. Right, the wolf ate the person. So what does that show you? That as the more you lie, the more people are going to stop trusting what you have to say. Right? The more people are not going to want to listen to you anymore. Dude, you're a liar. Why would I? Why would I waste my time listening to you? It's pointless. You know, one of the biggest lies. And this just give you an, uh, an idea. You know what the word dajjal means? The word dajjal. Liar. The word dajjal comes from dajjal. Dajjal means the biggest liar. Right? The, this is from uh, Ismul Mubalagha. Right? In Arabic, it's called Ismul Mubalagha. That you cannot compare anything, right? Ismul Tafdil, right? there's, there's two types of ism in nouns in Arabic. There's Ismul Tafdil, which means you can have virtue over something. I mean, you can compare it to something, right? There's Ismul Mubalagha. Ismul Mubalagha is such a thing that this guy is the highest, worst word. Like, you know how we call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala At-Tawwab, the one who accepts Tawbah. He is the high, nobody can compare it to that. So he, he is Dajjal, he is the biggest, biggest liar. Right? So this is something we need to understand. That we, when we're lying, do we fall in the same category right, of Dajjal? Right? We're following into his footsteps, in shaitan's footsteps. Right? He, he deceives all of us. Even though, remember I talked about it today, that uh, yesterday, وَقَاسِمَهُمَا that he, uh, he takes his oath that he's a well-wisher for all of us. But he's lying. He's not a well-wisher for you. Right? He's not. And that's the famous story of Barsisa, we talked about earlier before, that he convinced this monk that I'm going to save you. Right? He's lying. So stop with the lie. We need to understand that lying is a very, very big sin in the eyes of Allah. He said, look, it is what? He said, the breeding grounds of deadly sins. You're starting off with lying, you'll go to something, you'll go to something else. That's how our nafs work. You start off with something with a small lie or with a small sin and you'll build up even more, more and more and more and more until you have completely lost all haya and all modesty to stay away from that sin. And what does the hadith mention? When haya leaves you, when modesty leaves you, then do whatever you want. Because at that point, Allah doesn't care about you anymore. Because that haya and modesty is what keeps us away from sinning in public or sinning at all in general. Now, once we understand, once we start to continue these sins over and over again, which means what's leaving us now? Our haya. Our modesty is leaving us. The more we commit sins, the more haya and modesty is leaving us. So we should stop sinning. Leave it alone. 
right? And then he continues. He says, "Thumma inna ka ida alifta bidarik sakhta dithiqatu biqolik wa tazdarik al aayun wa tahtarik." People, uh, yeah, people will look down upon you, right? Now, فإذا أرد فإذا أردت أن تعرف قبح الكذب من نفسك فانظر إلى كذب غيرك وإلى نفرة نفسك عنه, right? Now, if you wish to understand how despicable it is to lie, right? Uh, uh, it, it is to lie Look at the lying of others Consider how repelled you are by it Even if yourself You are a liar Right If you're a liar But if somebody lies to you You're like dude What the hell Like You feel so betrayed And you feel like Why are you lying dude Even if you're a liar Even if you're the biggest liar yourself But you're thrown off By the other person's actions That was the question You were asking yesterday right When it comes to looking at Sins of other people We're not judging them But just that disgusting feeling We should understand That dude If I'm lying to people right, This is how other people feel when I lie to them, right? So that's what he's saying. When you notice other, when you notice other people having those same type of, uh, what's it called, um, actions as you, which are dislike, for example, if I'm a liar and somebody's lying to me, I feel a certain way about it. Of course, this is what people feel about you. That's how you're going to realize it. SubhanAllah, this is what the big sin is about lying. And then he continues here, he says, uh, and he says, your disdain, your disdain uh, for the person who lies in your judgment of his action as immoral. And then, says, do this with all of your faults, right? For you cannot know the ugliness of your own faults except by seeing them in others. Whatever faults we may have, right? Whether if we have a problem with lying, cheating, stealing, uh, talking bad about others, right? Talking this or, or saying any other thing. There's so many different uh, sins of the tongue in general, right? He says to look at them in other people. You're going to realize that how disgusting it is. Only if you have haya in your, in, in, your, in your heart though. If you have modesty. Because if you don't have modesty, you're going to say, Oh dude, we're doing the same thing. Or we're both liars. And you'll both take pride in your action. Right? Feel like, oh, we get away with stuff all the time, dude. Right? We get away with stuff all the time. And I know this falls in the same thing that people were asking yesterday about, you know, like trying to cheat on an exam. Look, if you guys don't, if you guys want to do it, keep it to yourself. Don't try to brag about, yo, I finessed this guy on this exam. Or I finessed this exam. Just keep it to yourself, man. No reason to tell everybody in the world because at the end of the day, right? Even if the, our teachers are disbelievers, something like that, Allah will still take his account into account for our own sins. And I'm not saying I haven't done the same. I'm not a saint, bro. I'm not saying I haven't done the same thing, right? But now that we know these things and we're students of knowledge, we try, we try to you know, develop these habits, right? Try our best not to, right? If you're going to do it, make tawbah later. <laughs> make tawbah after, right? <laughs> so, so he says here, um, and he says, um, most certainly than what you have found repugnant in others, they will find equally repugnant in you. So do not be content with these, fall, uh, with these faults in yourself. Never be, if you have a fault in yourself and you're content with that fault, that's a problem, right? I, I backbite about people, right? I know this about somebody. You know, a lot of these, you know, these TMZ and all these different, different platforms, they feel pride that they can find tea about other people. It's like, oh, we got the story first. Right? This, is what, this is what he's talking about here. Don't feel proud in the sins that you commit. Don't feel proud just because you found, something, you found out about somebody else or something that they're doing. Right? I'm the first one to find out about it. Right? That's nothing. We should not do that. Right? We should feel bad. That, subhanAllah, why is it such that this news came to me? Right? Why is it such? Right? Wait, regarding this like, 
Whenever you like Ben Simmons, like, oh, this guy's like, his locker room talks that, oh, he's got mental problems, he can't play. Is that considered backbiting too? Because like, I'll look at that and be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, yeah. now I'm thinking about it, like, maybe not a great idea. No, okay, mean. look, that's the thing. We believe the first thing we see, right? Media yeah. is the biggest, you know, as soon as we see something on media, we believe it right away. Remember I talked about yesterday how, uh, uh, what's it called, Will Smith smacked, uh, what's it called, um, what's his name, Chris Rock, right? And then just because her, his wife like chuckled a little bit, that oh, you know, they made a whole backstory of it. That's pointless, man, right? Or, you know, actually, I saw something very funny, right? She made that, oh, Tupac wouldn't do that face. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, Tupac wouldn't laugh at that, right? So automatically, people start to assume things. And our assumption leads us to, you know, think, believing it's true. Right? So if we read something about somebody on the news or something like that, don't just, don't just, read it, don't just accept it right away. And don't start, it, start spreading that stuff right away. Even though it's already spread, right? try, your best to, try to, your best to safeguard yourself from that thing. Right? Any, uh, any questions? Question. Yeah. Um, so if you're backbiting about someone famous, right? Mm-hmm. Does that, like, that still counts as backbiting? I wouldn't count as backbiting. Right. Well, that's a good question because now he's exposing his sins. Now he's exposing it in public. But it's still not good to talk bad about that person. If, even if he's exposing his sins to public and all that stuff, try to keep it... Because the main, thing, main point of this class and this is to focus on yourself, right? Focus on the Uyub and the de- deficiencies you have in yourself. Don't focus on these other celebrities who, like, you know, all, it's, it's a waste of time, dude. At the end of the day, like, you know, it's not going to bring any benefit to us or them or any harm to them or us. It's whatever, right? So you guys should all thank Allah that you're not famous, bro. Just thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, these people, what kind of lives they live. You get out of your house, there's 30 people waiting to take a picture of you. And have so, you walk out with someone, with someone, oh man, like, you know, it's automatically, <laughs> assumptions start to build up, right? So this is something that we can safeguard from ourselves and say, Alhamdulillah, Allah has not put us in a situation like that. And now, so that was number one. To refrain, where's my phone? To refrain from lying, right? Now we understood what lying is. We, we know the harms of it. We know how it harms our heart and our soul and everything. Now we stay away from that thing. Right? Now the second thing that he mentions here is Breaking a promise. Breaking a promise. Rasulullah mentions That the signs of a hypocrite are of three types. Right? First one is When he says something, he lies. When he makes a promise, he breaks that promise. When he's trusted with something, he betrays that trust. Right? So this is a clear hadith of the Prophet That's a good intro for this, uh, for this uh, thing. And he's mentioned right there. You want to be a munafiq? You want to fall under the, the thing of hypocrisy? The first two signs are what? What we just talked about. When you say something, you're lying. When you, when you make a promise, you break that promise. Right? inshallah. So he says here, Beware of ever promising something that, that, and then not keeping your promise. Right? This is very, very, this is a big problem nowadays. Right? We all make promises to our friends and family and this and that. Right? We break our promise. That really hurts a person. It really, really hurts a person. Even if it's a small promise. If you have a little brother or something, you're like, yeah, alright, what's it called? We'll play, we'll play COD, we'll play FIFA later. Right? You have given that hope to him. Right? You have given that hope to him. Now breaking that hope hurts a person. And remember I talked about how, how bad it is to harm another Muslim or to hurt another Muslim? What was the hadith I told you guys? 
Oh, it's better to destroy It's the better that the Kaaba be destroyed than to hurt an honor of another Muslim or to hurt another Muslim. Go try to, go try to you know, say or hit the Kaaba or something like that, right? You're going to get completely, people are going to hurt you and everything. Right? So this is what he's saying here. So make sure we do not ever hurt a Muslim brother or the rights of a Muslim brother. And he says, Rather, let your goodness toward people be in the realm of action without the need for words. Right? Just be, just be good to people. Right? If you can't keep a promise, don't ever say, that, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. Right? Don't, don't do that. Right? Even for, like, this is mainly for myself here, right? because a lot of times, like, you know, my, my, you know, my cousin, he's sitting back there, Subhan, I've been telling him the whole time, like, yeah, I'm going to come over, I'm going to come over. Haven't come over yet, right? So this is the problem, right? This is the problem, right? Even though for us, like, you know, he's like, it's all right. But like, and the reality of it is like, dude, you made a promise and you broke that promise, right? Or you made a commitment that you broke. So you have to be very, very mindful, very, very careful what you say, what you commit to, right? What you make a promise about, all right? And then he says, بَلْ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ إِحْسَانُكَ لِلنَّاسِ فِعْلًا بِلَا قَوْلٍ فَإِذَا اضْطُرِرْتَ فِيهَا الْوَعَدِ But if you are forced to make a promise, فَإِيَّاكَ أَنْ تُخْلِفَ إِلَّا لِعِجِزٍ أَوْ ضَرُورًا Now, unless you are incapable of, uh, then be careful not to break it, unless you are incapable of fulfilling it, or you have to do uh, so out of absolute necessity. For example, if you're sick, or you have some deficiency, you're unable to make that promise. We know, we know the... Um, Excuse me. We know the, uh, what's it called, um, what happens when somebody breaks an oath? Do we know the, the kafara for that? What's the kafara? It's in Surah Mujadala. Oh. One says you have to free your slave. And then if you're not, no, no, that's, that's for the ayah, that's for breaking your fast. For the, uh, for the person who is keeping a promise and he breaks it, basically, I'm, I can't remember the ayah off my head, you have to fast for three days. Right? You have to fast for three days if you break a promise or if you break an oath. A lot of people say, no, wallahi this, wallahi that. It's the biggest, biggest problem, right? Wallahi, wallahi, wallahi. No, we are sinful for this. We are sinful because now you're taking an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The one who created you. We don't understand the magnitude of this. We just say wallahi like that. We throw it around left and right, right? But we don't understand the magnitude. When you say wallahi by Allah, you're, you're taking a swear by the honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever you're saying, better be of the utmost importance, right? Don't just say wallahi like that. Wallahi is not something you should be saying on a regular basis. It's used, it should be used very, very, very carefully, right? If it's a very, very important matter, okay, use wallahi, right? If you hurt, if you, like, if, if, your, car, if your parents' car got hit or something and you didn't do it and they're blaming you, all right, it's very, very severe, okay, I, wallahi, I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. Because now we are so accustomed to saying wallahi all the time, it has no meaning anymore. So be very careful when you take an oath. And he says, فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَمَارَاتِ النِّفَاقِ وَخَبَائِثِ الْأَخْلَاقِ He says, for indeed breaking a promise is amongst the signs of hypocrisy, as we mentioned in the hadith earlier, right? And he says, وَخَبَائِثِ الْأَخْلَاقِ And repugnant character. Should we keep going? It's 12.20. Oh, we have 10 minutes, inshallah. قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Same hadith that we mentioned before. There are three qualities which, if they lie hidden within a person, render them a hypocrite. Right? Even if he prays or fasts, even if he does the best actions, but if one of these qualities that are hidden inside you is, uh, you know, is there, then you are a munafiq. You are considered a hypocrite. Right? So he says here, um, When he speaks, 
he lies. When he makes a promise, he breaks that promise. When he's given a trust, he betrays. Now, that's the second thing that we should be worried What's the first one that he mentioned that we need to be careful of? Lying. And the second one is breaking a promise. The first one is riba. Sorry, the third one. The third one is riba, backbiting. And he has written a whole, a lot of it on, on this, right? So the third one is riba, backbiting. He says, Protect your tongue from backbiting. Backbiting is a sin more severe for a Muslim than 30 acts of adultery. 30 acts of adultery? Subhanallah. Right? Just backbiting alone can get you to that level. And we know how big of a sin is to commit any sin of adultery. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that taqrabu zina. Do not come to zina, do not get close to zina. It doesn't mean don't oppose zina. It means don't come don't get anything close to uh, uh, don't get to any, anything remotely close to zina. Not even like whether it's like you know starting off from talking or anything like that. Don't get remotely close to that. That's what he said, taqrabu zina, that's what he means by here. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that. Make sure you stay away because you will get the sin as if uh, 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 30 different adulterers. That's the sin you will get. As is the narration of the Prophet. What is the definition of ghiba? That the meaning of backbiting is that you make mention of someone in a way that he would dislike it if he were to hear it. Remember, I told you the difference yesterday between backbiting and slander? And what is the difference? Slander is lying. Right? Slander is that you're lying about a person. Right? Which is very, very big. Right? Buhtan. Slandering somebody? There's a dua for this. Right? It's, a, it's also known as sixth kanima. Right? Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min an ushika bika shay'a. Right? Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you. Then I ascribe any partners with you. Wa ana a'lamu bihi. While I am aware of this. Wa astaghfiruka lima la a'lamu bi. Right? And then tubtu anhu. I make tawbah to, uh, for, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I free myself. Min al-kufr. From disbelief, for shirk, describing any partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal ghiba, backbiting, wal bid'ah, wal namima, all these different types of things. So this dua you can read, wal fawahish, wal buhtan, wal ma'asi kulliha. All the different types of sins. You guys should memorize this dua. Inshallah. And he says, فَأَنْتَ مُخْتَابٌ ضَالِمٌ وَإِنْ كُنْتَ صَادِقًا He says, doing so makes you a backbiter and a wrongdoer, even if what you say is true. Beware of kind of backbiting that is committed by reciters who are showing off. How does that make sense? He says, He's explaining right now. So he says here, this form of backbiting is that you make your meaning understood indirectly. Saying, for example, may Allah rectify him, right? I am truly saddened by what has happened to him and is, has worried me. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify both us and him. Even this extent, right? If, you have, if, you make, if you're making these type of du'as, keep it to yourself, right? Because now when you ask this question or when you're making du'a for this, people start to get curious, right? Like, who are you talking about? But, Who's this person? Like, who is who are you trying? Who are you asking forgiveness for? Like, who is this person? And then people start to get. So that's what he's saying. The Qurra. I'm not talking about the Qurra who reciting. Yeah, you are reciting the du'a so people can get curious about what you're talking about. Oh man, I hope Allah guides this this person, right? Like who? Like what? And the people start to get curious, and automatically you have opened up the door for liba, right? 
right? And he says, yeah, because what is it now? Um, for this indeed, for this insinuation is a combination of the two reprehensible acts. He says, What's the first reprehensible act? Number one, he says here, one is backbiting since the other person understands the point of the point that's being made. Right? The other is considering yourself virtuous and praising yourself by passing a judgment of evil evil on uh, on another and expressing righteousness for yourself. Right? Talking bad about other people just to put yourself higher and higher and higher. Right? Dude, you can't, I can't believe he does this, but you know, myself, oh, I completely absolve my, I don't do anything. I'm such a good person, right? That's that hidden pride that's inside you that's telling you that you are something, right? Same thing, what happened with shaitan. When Allah subhanahu wa created Adam alayhi salam, right? The hadith mentioned he went to, he went knocking around Adam alayhi salam's body because the ruh, right? The, the spirit hasn't been blown into Adam alayhi salam yet. And then all of a sudden he starts to get curious and what happens automatically is that he thinks that he's better. Right? He, what's the ayah he talks about? I'm better than him. You created me from fire, you created him from dirt. Right? That's what happens. So once we even start ghiba, it can lead to many different sins. Right? It can, first of all, ghiba can first be considered lying as well. How so? Or slander. Because if you, the person that you're, that you're backbiting with can, may not be telling the truth. The second thing it can lead to is what? Ego. Ego. Right? Ego That oh yeah Because this person Doing something I'm way better than him Alright Oh thank god We're not in this situation Alright Can you go over that First point um, The one before Praising yourself I, I, I didn't get it I didn't catch it Which one was it Like the one before Praising yourself Ah yeah, those those two things. Oh, okay, I got you. So it says really it. one is backbiting since the other person understands the point that's being made, right? Is one is straight up backbiting. Yeah. So if I were to tell him, right? If I were to take a broad to the side, like, yo, can you believe that? Me, like, no, it's just like that's he understands the point here. But the second one he's saying is that the other is considering yourself virtuous and praising. So now outwardly, right? Outwardly. You are making dua for this person, right? Like, you know, oh. if I, yeah, you're, you're outwardly, you're like, you're making dua for this person. Yeah, I hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides him and stuff like that. But what is your inner sense? What, what, what do you feel inside? That in reality, I'm better than this person. That's what he's saying here. These are the two sins that go together. Now, one is clear understanding of what I'm saying. But one is that he may not understand what I'm saying, the person next to me. But in reality, I know that, okay, I'm not committing this sin. This guy's such a terrible person. All right? Should we stop there? We have, how, many, how many is there for your tongue? There are eight. So we're on the third one right now. There's a lot. There's like, he goes, this is nothing. Like, we're just scratching the surface right now. I shall end off with this next line right here, inshallah. So he says, uh, yeah. Now, if your intention is actually to make dua for that person, sincerely, that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify this person, a dua, Right? That, 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 that you're making dua for this person. Do it by yourself. Right? Do it in secrecy. Don't do it around other people. Do it by yourself. Because if you truly, truly are making dua for somebody, right, and you know they have a defect, make dua by yourself. Ya Allah, guide my friend. Or guide, guide this person. Right? Because you can't show off to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? You can't do that. So that's what he's saying. You want to make dua for somebody truly? Make dua by yourself. Right? And all these things that he's mentioning here, it's just basic human morals. This is basic, basic human morals. 
Like insan, human beings don't know how to be human beings anymore. That's why he has to bring us back to learn how to be human beings. Become an insan before you become an alim, before you become a scholar, or you become a student of knowledge. These are all basic, basic things we have to do. These are just human things that we have to know about. This is how Rasulullah was. Right? He was the most perfect example for us. For, for, for what reason? Because he was an actual human being. He would care about everybody. And he would worry about everybody. He makes sure that his human traits are good for us. Another hadith the Prophet mentions, that Indeed, I was only sent for this reason, so that I may, I com- so I may complete this code of ethics. Right? Which is good character. And then he says here, so he says, if you really were concerned about him, the proof of that would have been that you would not have you would not have desired to disgrace him or reveal his faults. That's your true. If you actually are concerned about the person, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't uh, go and announce his faults. Right, man, I'm very worried about Abraham, man. This guy. What can I tell you about this guy? Where do I even start? Right? I, I hope Allah rectifies him But he does this right? He sleeps during Tarawih Or this and that, right? yeah, that You're exposing him automatically now You truly want it better for somebody? Don't say that out loud <laughs> yeah, So if you truly are concerned with somebody right? Make dua for them in a quiet manner By yourself right? Don't go exposing his sins left and right And then he says here and he says here, however, your display of concern over his fault is in reality a display of his fault. Wow, subhanAllah. Repeat that again. However, your display of concern over his fault is in reality what? A display of his fault. How does that make sense? How would you really care about that? So you're, pro- you're projecting. Where are you projecting. also showing? Uh, I'll repeat it one more time so you guys can understand. Right? So he says here, however, your display of concern over his fault in rea- is in reality a display of his fault. That I'm, I'm showing outwardly, like I said, mentioned before, that I'm so concerned for my brother. Right? Man, my, man, this guy, Allah guide him, bro. He goes clubbing every night. Right? He goes here every night. He goes to Zaruna, he goes to Zach, he goes to all these. But Allah guide him. Right? What? You're literally exposing him for everybody now. So you're in reality showing his faults. You're not doing any, anybody a favor by making dua in front of everybody. If I, if I were in my dua, like, yeah, Allah, a guide so-and-so, right? This guy loves to drink and he loves women and he loves... Like, dude, like, who... Imagine if he's sitting in the gallery. He's like, he knows who he is. Like, man, so <laughs> head down right away. Like, Come on, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is what he's saying. Be by yourself and make dua for this person by yourself. Not in front of everybody. A lot of times I also find this might just be a self-excuse, a way to say it without feeling bad. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, same thing we talked about, right? When we talk about, you know, I love this brother, but. Right? <laughs> I, I, yo, my, he's my man's but. The af- whatever, after, the, after that but is just complete, you know, BS, bro. It's just all like, it's all complete leave by back, buddy. So don't let it get to that point. Inshallah. So he says here, and I'm going to end off this beautiful eye of the Holy Quran. He says, قَوْلُهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَلَا يَغْتَبْ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا he says here that Allah, um, Allah the Magnificent and the Majestic says, uh, and let not some of you back by others. Right? It's a command in Allah. Uh, it's a straight up command. Don't back by other people. 
Right? He says, Would any of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother? No, you would truly despise that. Despise that. One time, there was two women that came to Rasulullah and I end off with this. Two women that came to the Prophet and they were feeling very, very sick. So Rasulullah told them to throw up. Told them to throw up. And they threw up blood, blood and guts and meat and everything. So Rasulullah said, You guys were engaging in backbiting. SubhanAllah, right? You see? And this will be the reality on Yom Qiyamah as well. Allah will tell you, you want to backbite? Go eat the back of your brother. Right? Go do that. So see, these, these sins are very, very big. Right? Go do that. So these are, these are th- things that, like I said before. He says, فَقَدْ شَبَّهَكَ اللَّهُ بِأَعَكِ الْمَيْتَ مِنْهَا So what does Allah compare you to? Indeed, Allah likens you to, uh, to one eating the flesh of the dead. How appropriate is it then for you to, to be on your guard against such a thing? Right? So Allah give us the understanding of these beautiful, beautiful teachings. And stay away. We only did how many sins of the, uh, uh, so far? Three. 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 Only three. Um, we have five left. All right? We have five left. And it's already what? It's uh, 12.34. We've gone over our time. So, any, other, any questions, inshallah, before we conclude? Yeah, what's the, like, the proper comment? Because I know we all have maybe... Maybe it's only me, but like there's some people, family friends will like, come over as a family party and they start talking. You're at like the table and then you're like, wait, what was like, yeah, they're so saying I, some stuff. And then there, you, There's two things you can do, right? The first thing is that you can get up and leave, yeah. right? Or number two is that you try to block it out. Yeah. You try yourself to not pay attention to it. Right? Because I remember we, could, we talked about the hadith, right? That person who thinks that he's just listening, he's actually a part of that scene in itself, mm-hmm. right? Because now there's something part of your nest that wants you to stay there and figure out, well, what are they talking about? You had a question, Abra? Yeah, so I was going to say that some of these things are really hard to remember, right? In the moment, it's so like hard to recall so many of these things. So what are some practical ways we can like engage in muhasaba to like remember? Go over your notes. <laughs> Go over your notes for class because it will be a reminder for you. Right? Okay, this is what was mentioned in class. This is what Imam Ghazali is saying. Let me try to put it into practice. Let me try to stay away and refrain from anything that he's mentioned about the sins of the tongue, or the sin of the eyes, or the sin of the ears, right? So we did three things so far, right? And like I said, this is basic human nature, right? These, thing, these are not something which are like, oh, of such a high level. This is basic nature, man. We have to act like human beings. So that, that's one thing you can do as well, right? That's just my question. So like, what if you say these wrong things, not because you're worried about them, but like you're worried about yourself, and like you need to like, you stay clear from these people so you're like seeking some guidance let's say from uh, your parents or someone reliable you don't say their name then you, you don't, don't say, say you don't say their name okay. right just be like you know somebody or I have some friends right you know they're having this negative effect on me or something right, right? then don't ever say that because now as soon as you say their names it falls into like you know it kind of yeah, so yeah also circumstantial like uh, uh, how do I say it? like sort of identifiers yeah like, uh, we're talking about the, like, Imam talking about, oh, some guy was wearing... Oh, yeah. That famous TikTok about, oh, mashallah, there's a brother in the crowd. He's wearing a white topi, <laughs> right? Wearing a white, red hoodie, right? He does this and that. <laughs> Becoming too specific now, right? So, any other questions, inshallah? I think we're good. All right. Jazakallah khairan. Wa akhru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil alameen.